within the anti-trafficking movement, it is wildly popular to rescue people or save someone. And when you look up the definition of rescue, it really is saving someone from harm. But it doesn't really explain what the long-term consequences are of saving someone or rescuing someone. And this as a concept is been proven to be harmful for so many decades. And yet, when you hear about the horrors of trafficking, it makes it easy to override the practicality, the thoughts that these are people too, and just swoop in with a cape. So, hi y'all. Welcome to Horrors Do It Best. It is a business podcast. My name is Jess Rich, and that we are in the first 12 episodes where I am sharing my journey of really eliminating the stigma I had around my own life and story because I was trafficked into the sex industry as a minor and then became an empowered sex worker for a number of years. And that was actually where I got my foundation of business. So after these 12 episodes, we are going to be interviewing amazing horopreneurs who have done awesome things in the world of business. So thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope you come along. So there are really obvious power dynamics that happen in a rescue. But where this really starts to go wrong is that many of the people who are quote unquote rescued never wanted to be rescued. They weren't waiting for someone to show up and arrest them because that's what actually happens the vast majority of the time. Rescue operations are normally done by two organizations, one either law enforcement or two predominantly faith-based organizations who just want to save the children. So I understand that both, both groups have good intentions. They don't want people to be abused, and so they are trying to help them. But the world is built on <laughs> good intentions gone awry. So what happens when a person is rescued? It actually shifts the power from the trafficker to whoever it is doing the rescuing. The person who is the victim of the crime doesn't have any power or control over whether they're being trafficked and then whether or not they're in whatever program they've been locked up in. Because as it stands currently within the U.S., the best way to keep someone safe is to lock them up. And in the majority of cases, that means they receive a criminal record that they didn't have prior. In fact, according to an article I found, they said 90% of the agency's clients have a criminal record tied to their trafficking experiences, and most have never been arrested before they were trafficked. It is absolutely insane that we are giving people criminal records. And I'll tell you this, prostitution is also a sex crime. And so if you're being arrested for sex trafficking or you're being arrested for prostitution solicitation, those are sex crimes. And depending on the jurisdiction, you could be required to file as a sex offender. But first, I want to go back and look at Operation Reclaim and Rebuild. I just did some real basic research this morning and it it's amazing how easy it is to find 
contradictions if you just look a little bit deeper. So this is on the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department web, web, no, website. They were talking about Operation Reclaim and Rebuild. They said it was widely successful in its endeavor with 65 adults and seven minor victims being recovered. 182 males arrested for the charge of solicitation and 30 suspected traffickers and exploiters were arrested. In total, 413 arrests were made. So they make 413 arrests. Almost half of them are people just trying to buy sex. And 65 of the people who were sex workers. Now, it doesn't explain why they were there. So we don't know if they're willing and empowered sex workers. We don't know if they're trafficking survivors. We don't know any of their story. We just know there's 65 adults and seven minors. This operation happened in February during the Super Bowl because they're saying that the Super Bowl brings more trafficking to town. And I'm just going to point out the obvious and say any large event brings more business to town. You know what happens when there's a large event? Hotels get full. Restaurants get busy. Everything is busier because there's a gazillion people coming to town. That's the very essence of tourism. And so why wouldn't the sex industry be busier when there are extra few thousand people in town? That to me just seems obvious. You don't need to showcase that. Every business is busier. They're just doing it to create hoopla around it so they can get these arrest numbers. So that this happened February, uh, the article on the website is February 15th, 2022. Now, two months later, when is this article written? Um, updated March 31st. So two months later, L.A. County now says they're going to launch a diversion diversion program saying that survivors of trafficking don't have to have criminal records. So those uh, 65 adults who were arrested during this Operation Reclaim and Rebuild, they now have a criminal record when they didn't prior because the diversion program, one, hasn't even started yet. And two, these operations have been going on for well over a decade. So all these years, they have been just slapping more criminal charges on people who are in the industry. And then the people go right out the back door. And why wouldn't they? Here, I'm going to show you real quick. This is a research paper done in 2016. It's titled After Rescue, Evaluation of Strategies to Stabilize and Integrate Adult Survivors of Human Trafficking to the United States. So this is U.S.-based research, and they're talking about what happens after rescue. If you go down to the bottom, I'm on page 27. They're talking about the results of this study. And this sentence blew me away. The prevailing feeling among caseworkers was that many survivors were not interested in the range of services on offer except legal aid and employment. 
Many felt they were rescued against their will and wanted to return to work as soon as possible. I'll be damned. People don't want to be rescued. They don't want to be victims. They want to have control over their life, eliminate their court issues, their legal battles that shouldn't be there to start with, and then actually get vocational training. It shouldn't be difficult to understand who really wants to be a victim of anything. This is why when you look at the research of rescue and rehabilitation programs, do the research because the failure rate is almost always in the 90 percentile. If your restaurant if your counseling, if your coaching, your consulting had a 70% failure rate, would it exist? No. It's because those are businesses and they have standards that you have to live up to. But within nonprofits, there are no oversight. And so they're somehow given permission to have failure rates that are absolutely insane because they can continue getting money from through grants and Pity party victim-centric donors. Everyone wants to feel like they're doing their part to save people. And yet when we go deeper and realize that the people who are being saved are walking right out the back door because what they actually want is empowerment. Yeah, sign me up for that rescue. Would you please give me a criminal record, lock me in a program, tell me everything I've done is wrong, never mind the fact that I survived, so I can hear it now. But what about the children? What about the children? Right? That was my instinct too. So first, um, the children have been making adult decisions for a very, very long time. Who are you or I or anyone to tell them that they didn't do it quote unquote right? I think they did do it right because you know what? They survived. And a lot of people didn't. In fact, they can probably tell you stories about people who didn't survive. And yet they're still there. So what about the children? They have done an amazing job surviving. Shouldn't we honor them for that? And then help them find the best them that they can be? Now I know what you're saying again. What about the children in the last episode where we were talking about families who traffic, children who were bred into it, people who don't know anything different, and there's entire communities of children being bred for the purpose of being sold. Okay, let me let, me let you in on a secret with them because it's... It's so profound and so simple. There's always a matriarch. Why can I say always? Because the dudes who are like controlling the shit, they're not the ones doing the cooking and cleaning. Can you see that? They're like, yeah, I'm making all this money and I'm doing all this shit and I have whatever's blessing. I'm going to go scrub the kitchen floor. There is a woman somewhere who knows a lot of shit and doesn't like how she's being treated and won't leave until all of the people can come with her. That woman is there. She knows shit and she's cooking, she's cleaning, she's doing her best to maintain. But when, 
organizations or law enforcement come in and do a raid and rescue, what happens is they only get part of the children. They only get part of the people because you know what? They're smart. They've got people scattered all over the region. And you're not going to find them all unless you have someone on the inside. Wouldn't it make the most sense to work with the matriarch, to work with the person who is holding it all together? She wants to leave and she wants to take all of the people with her. But when you come in and ignore her and arrest her and take half her children, she has to go back to be with the others. So if you want to really help, speak of strength, speak of bravery, speak of courage and the ability to overcome the unthinkable. Speak of resources and empowerment. If you want to truly help people, you have to teach them how to save themselves. And victim mindset is only going to attract more victims. People who aren't able to overcome because they've been rescued. They've been told they were the victim of something over and over. And they very well are. I'm a victim of a whole lot of shit. But that doesn't help me create the person or the life or the me that I want to be. So as long as we're continuing to talk about rescuing people, we're never going to win. It's never going to get better. You just continue to create more victims instead of creating people who have the power to rise above. We are worth more. The very fact that we are breathing means that we have survived. Everything that I did to get to this point, that makes me a fucking warrior. A warrior for myself, for my own self-love, for who I am because I know I'm worthy of something greater. That is the power that we need to share. That is what can help people rise to a different level and say, I am better than this. But when you rescue me and you take my rights away, you take my voice away and then say you're the voice of the voiceless, no, help me find my own voice. Help me find my own strength and then help me walk away and bring all of my friends with me because that's how real change is done. Whew, thank you all for joining me on this episode. It has been, oh, this is one of my pet peeves. It, the moment I see the word rescue or save, it makes my face twitch. And I get so freaking mad because they just don't understand how the words matter. The nuances matter. What you say matters. And I think you're important. I think who we align with is important. I think we need to quit standing for the bullshit because 10% are able to get help, because 30% are able to get help. Never mind the trauma that it's done to the other 70 to 90%. We need to do better. We need to listen more. We need to go deeper and actually help people, help them become the best them that they can be and not for testimonials. Not so you can have another survivor story on your website, but because you truly believe in empowering people through helping them eliminate their legal barriers and get vocational training. 
because money matters. Okay, I love y'all. I hope you have a great day. I'm going to go take a walk and cool myself down because woo wee. <laughs> this one always gets my goat. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you have a great day. Bye.